I'm Claire. And I'm Liz. And this is The Balancing Act, a podcast where we talk about law, life, and everything in between. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about things to think about before starting your own practice. Um, because there's a whole host of things that both of us had to think about before starting our solo practice. Um, So we're going to be kind of breaking them down into a couple of different chunks. I think one of the first things that you need to think about is what you're going to practice, right? Are you going to be a general practitioner and practice everything? Or are you going to be more specific and just focus in on one or two or maybe three areas of practice? And one thing that Claire and I had been talking about before was that, you know, when you're trying to figure out the areas of practice, you need to think about where you're practicing. Because if you're a rural attorney, for example, like it or not, you're probably going to have to have a more general practice because there's going to be a wide array of needs and there may not be as many attorneys who will be there to solve them. But otherwise, you know, when we're talking about figuring out our practice areas, what does your community need, right? That I think that might be one way to look at what you want to do for practice. Well, right. I mean, Liz, you started your practice right after the Great Recession. This, and you practice bankruptcy. Is that perhaps... <laughs> did those perhaps go hand in hand with your decision making? Definitely did. And I mean, bankruptcy for me too, another reason why I picked it was I knew I wanted to do what I would call real people law. And I think Claire and I both practice real people law, meaning real people. (laughs) Yeah. So we're working with real people as opposed to businesses or corporations um, or kind of big conglomerates. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're working with real people who have real problems because they're going through a bankruptcy or a divorce or a loved one has just died, but kind of helping them navigate those big areas of life. Neither one of us practice criminal law, but I would consider Mm -hmm. criminal law real people people law. For sure, for sure. You know, sometimes like small business setup law is even real people law, right? Like, yeah, certainly like real small businesses as opposed to like a target. (laughs) Yes. So, so I mean, one thing that I think both Claire and I thought was that we knew we wanted to work with, you know, maybe individuals or small groups of people versus. being corporate attorneys or working for the government at that point. Well, or even with real people law too, like certainly I have clients that have good size estates, but none of my clients are the Rockefellers (laughs) or any one of like the major mega million type clients. So we're definitely, I think, working with a lot of lower or middle class or maybe even like upper middle class mm-hmm. income but and not necessarily the the elites that that might hire a bigger yeah law firm and there's definitely a need for affordable legal services at that level because a lot of people who you know are middle or upper middle class or a lower class, they're not necessarily going to qualify for free legal services from legal aid, but they can't necessarily, you know, they, they hear people talking about how lawyers are so expensive and they get nervous about meeting their legal needs um, because they don't, you know, they didn't know or they don't have access to kind Mm -hmm. of 
a, a real people lawyer like us. So another thing, too, is that I, I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Spanish, but I do speak Spanish, and there is a need for attorneys who practice law outside of immigration law who speak Spanish, because I don't practice immigration law, but I do work with people who are immigrants in their bankruptcies or their family law cases. And so, you know, part of it is figuring out what sort of lawyer your community needs. And I think that this goes for any, wherever you might be practicing, if you're practicing in a, in a city or a more rural area, um, kind of figuring out what type of lawyer the community needs, because you don't want to do the exact same thing somebody else is doing, but you also want to kind of look into that. So doing not necessarily market research, but kind of market research. Yeah. When you're looking around, it doesn't have to, you don't have to hire somebody to do a study, but you do (laughs) need to be kind of aware of what's, what's available in your community. You know, Google searches could be something to start Mm -hmm. that off if you don't otherwise know. And then it's also, in my opinion, important to kind of think about both ends of the economy. So, yep, when the economy was not so great, bankruptcy was a good practice area, and it still is a good practice area, but you want something to kind of balance out the other end. Um, You're not doing as many bankruptcies now, perhaps, as you were doing initially, because not as many people need Mm -hmm. bankruptcies. And so same with, like, if you're doing small business law, you know, what what's going to balance that out? Or in Claire's case, she does family law and estate planning, and that those two really go well together. So you want to kind of have practice areas that make sense together or complement each other in some way. Because oftentimes people will need an attorney in more than one area. They might be going through the immigration process, but also family process or they might be going through a divorce but also need criminal defense help as too as well too so certainly finding um areas that complement each other is is an important consideration and then you also would you know when you're thinking about your practice areas you're also going to want to think about what sort of resource to you know resources to information or access to information or mentorship you have if you're you know Claire and I both started our practices pretty much right out of law school, so we didn't have a ton of experience working on our own as attorneys. Yeah, so I think certainly kind of building up your professional network so that when a question pops up, you know who you can turn to with somebody. Because certainly if you're working in a firm, you can just go to the partner down the hall to say, hey, Bob, or hey, Cindy, <laughs> I have this question. Um, but if you're a solo, you you don't necessarily have that resource. And, and there are some resources like through different bar association options or other professional organizations. But I think it's a good idea to know like personally attorneys that you can reach out to with a phone call or email to say, hey, I have this question, and they'll actually respond to you. I agree 100%. I don't think, you know, the first, like, especially two or three years of practicing, I'm so grateful for, um, I had a really great mentor who I could email or call both in bankruptcy and family law. And, you know, sometimes it's those really simple questions, like even what form do I file or 
is there a form like this? Or, okay, the law says, you know, that this is a remedy, but how do you actually do that? And you feel like really, like there are, like Claire was saying, there's professional organizations like bar associations that have resources like a listserv. But sometimes your question, you might not even want to post on a listserv because you're so embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah, you might feel like it's a stupid question. And maybe it's a stupid question, but maybe it's not a stupid question. But certainly having someone that you trust that you can go to and say, this might be a stupid question, but what would you do? But I think that that's helpful for solos. Like you and I have both been practicing for sometimes six years well several years Mm -hmm. we're not necessarily novices at this point Mm -hmm. um and it's still helpful to like bounce off questions off each other or off other attorneys to be like hey you know here's what i'm thinking about this issue a b or c what do you think no doubt i mean yeah i don't need to bug my mentors as much as i used to but i still have questions and i think even like super you know people have been practicing for 20 years or more, they're still going to have questions. And so it's, it is so good to have other people that you can talk with mentors and also friends. So in the South Metro, there were three of us lawyers who would get together who all practice family law, you know, just for lunch once in a while. One of them has moved on from the South Metro. So now there's just two of us, but it's really good to have people even to go to lunch with that you can talk about law stuff with. I did that right out of law school with an estate planning group of other attorneys who, you know, there was one that was like a judicial law clerk and then a couple people who were practicing privately like me, but in other firms. It was great just to get together and be like, hey, have you seen this before? Or I just did this will that I've never done this before. (laughs) Um, And so that that was helpful to have. Yeah. And then also, like Claire had said about professional organizations, besides having listservs, like the Minnesota State Bar Association does have... There's some new lawyer initiatives that they've been, like, kind of playing with the last couple of years. And since neither one of us are new lawyers still, mm-hmm. we might not have the most up-to-date information. But certainly checking out whatever your local bar association is, um, they might have some good resources for you for starting out. Even if you've practiced before... I think still starting off because, remember, you're not just an attorney, you're also a business owner. And I think that that's something that's is sometimes swept under the rug because you're an attorney, you're running a law practice. But knowing how to run your law practice is a huge part of it. Thanks for listening to The Balancing Act today. If you want to get in contact with Liz or Claire or have any questions for us, please visit us at our websites. You can reach Liz at www.sharemaclaw.com or Claire at www.trellylaw.com. Thanks.